Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 2015, after Hassan Fasili's documentary Peace in Afghanistan aired on Afghan television, the Taliban assassinated the film's main subject and put a price on Vasily's head. Fearing for their survival, the family, his family, fled Kabul to Tajikistan. Yet after 14 months of uh, spending in asylum, waiting for applications to clear that were rejected again and again, they were deported back to Afghanistan. At this juncture, Hassan and his family picked up his cell phone and hit the record button. And as the result of that is this amazing documentary called Midnight Traveler. And we're joined today by one of the producers, Sue Kim. And we're also joined today by one of the <laughs> producers, writer, and editor, and that would be Emily Modavian. To uh, Emily and to Sue, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you I'll so much. S- yes, uh, Emily, I'll start with you. Uh, and Sue, join in. But how did you come to this production? How did you know Hassan from before? How did you get introduced into this, uh, the Midnight Traveler? Yeah, so um, I did know him from before. I wrote my dissertation on Tajikistan, and I had made a film there. So when, as you said, they first fled, they fled to Tajikistan, um, and I met him through the DP of my first film, and I was um, involved in trying to help them avoid ending up on this smuggling route uh, to Europe that we end up seeing them on in the film. So I've been on the film from day one and uh, you know, collaborating with them from, from the start. And Sue, how, how did you become part of this production? So, um... Uh, I actually became a, um, I joined the production around the time when um, the family was in Serbia, and I had met um, Emily while she was in a fellowship with the um, Bay Area Video Coalition. You know, at the time I was working on a lot of other projects, but I really just um, loved this project and, and told Emily, you know, let me know if I can help in any way, and that's kind of how I got involved. It was very informal at first. The thing that is so compelling about the film and distinguishes it from a lot of films about the refugee crisis in the world uh, is that the the it was first of all it was shot on nothing but I, I assume iPhones it would have shot on three different phones three different mobile phones and it is they were um, Samsung phones Samsung okay thank you not iPhones yeah okay <laughs> uh, and uh and it is really an on-the-ground, day-to-day life of someone on, essentially on the run, um, fleeing from one harrowing situation to another. And that level of intimacy, that level of pulling us into this, this family's plight, uh, distinguishes it from many of the other films that I've seen uh, on, this, on this subject. It's uh, it's so it's such a uh, personal film. Uh, tell us a little bit about Hassan, and tell us a little bit about his family. I mentioned that he'd made a, a film before that created this situation for him, but tell us a little bit about him, um, Emily. Yeah, 
Yeah, so um, he's a filmmaker. He also had a cafe that he co-owned um, and managed in Kabul and, uh, you know, was living a relatively middle-class, normal life. His wife, Fatima, was also a filmmaker um, and an actress, actually, on Afghan television. And then they have um, two little girls that, uh, at the start of the film, they're three and eight years old, Magus and Zahra. Um, so, uh, you know, in many ways, a relatively um, normal middle-class family who just finds themselves in this um, situation of having to flee because of this death threat that's put on Hassan by the Taliban. So, yeah, so he, he is, uh, and it, it's, this is genuine peril. I mean, this is not the kind of thing that is an idle threat. The, the subject of his previous film had been killed, so they had every reason to believe that their lives were in imminent danger. How much footage did uh, Hassan shoot in, in, uh, in this production? So it was actually shot by, um, it was shot by him, it was also shot by his wife, and mm-hmm. shot by um, the older daughter. So they were using three, th- their three phones, each of them, and shooting. And in total, that meant they shot about 300 hours of footage. So as you were going through the production, once you got to the point where you had the footage uh, from what they shot, Sue, what was the thing that jumped out at you in terms of what you were seeing in, in, their, in their footage? So I think initially what really sort of jumped out at me was these, it felt like you were in, like literally in his hand and that like, you know, you were experiencing this, this journey like, like right in it with him. I think around the time um, Emily was working on some sequences that, um, as the editor of um, the family, as they were you know, going through the, the, the forest and the woods um, from Bulgaria to Serbia, just that, like, that it, you just don't see that experience. And then within that experience, there was this, like, very touching moment, uh, you know, with his two daughters playing in the forest. Uh, and and you're watching it, and you know it's a very dangerous situation. But these two little girls are having a good time. That was what really touched me. Was that it was like these moments of levity and moments of normality that somehow existed in this like really terrible moment. Yes, Emily, your impressions as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I agree with what Sue said. That that was definitely part of what was important to it. To me, in this edit was. Um, noticing that they had captured so many things that had nothing to do with the sort of peril of the flight, but were much more about their family dynamic. And so as we were editing, we really tried to make it a film about a family, a a family story first and foremost. And it just happened that this family was on the migrant smuggling route from, you know, to Europe. Then, you know, aside from that, I think that the... (laughs) I was probably most overwhelmed just initially by the sheer volume of the footage, and but then you know little um, discoveries would occur. So, for instance, they would tell me quite a lot about what was happening to them on the smuggling round, but they didn't mention, for instance, that they had had a marital tiff on camera. So that was a discovery going through the footage, and you know turned out to be one of um, many people's favorite scenes in the film. Yeah. What drum- What jumps out at me is how incredibly positive the entire family manages to sustain throughout this journey. There are certainly times when they're down and there are tears and there are frustrations, 
but w- their default seems to be a very connected family. The kids are just amazing in terms of their attitude and outlook, given the circum again, given these circumstances, these incredible circumstances that they're dealing with that are very, very difficult, very trying. And through it all, uh, it, it's as you said, Emily, it, the sense of family is what comes through in this film in such a uh, beautiful way. I don't even think I have a question. <laughs> it's just sort of an observation in, in terms <laughs> of what really makes this film shine. But also, it is the practice, sort of the the on the ground practicality, or may not be the right word, but logistics of what they were trying to do and how difficult it was. Because their stops along the way after Afghanistan are Iran, Turkey, Bulgaria, Serbia and many, many different points in between. Are you at times, uh, um, Sue, are you at times sort of, you, when you step back and look at what they went through in, in this journey, it, what, again, uh, how does it, is it, it's not that unusual for, for some people around the world who are, who are traveling, who are fleeing uh, uh, terrible situations, terrible conditions, but does that, doesn't that hit you that what they were willing to go through and and how how daunting it must have been, Sue? So I think the um, the thing that really struck me about the about the footage and the material and the fact um, about it being daunting is that it's um, what I think that I think that it that is what gives the film its strength is the fact that you know you get to get this you get to have this very visceral firsthand experience watching the film, you know, and I think like there were many times Emily and I were incredibly worried for the family and we worried about where they were and how they were going to make it and what they were going to, and it, 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 it's, um, it's not a light situation. However, like, you know, from my point of view, like I think about it was in my comfortable, you know, sort of relatively comfortable life in New York city. I, um, I, I, you know, I want, I wondered this and I want other people to think about this as well is that, what would I do if I would, if like, you know, in my life, like something really terrible like that happened to me, how, how would that feel? And would I be as strong? And I think like having, being able to have that conversation and it be a part of the discussion around um, issues of migration, I think is really what gives the film um, some kind of like this can really elevate the conversation around all of this right now. Thank you for that. That's exactly what I think. Pe- exactly to have this conversation because their their experience opens the door open for all of us to consider just what you said. So, and that how that plays out. How would that play out in my life? How, what would it be like? Um, before I go any further, I just want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with uh, uh, the uh, producer of the film. Uh, Midnight Traveler, and that would be Sue Kim, as well as the producer, editor, and writer of the film, and that would be Emily Moldavian. And she, the two of them are, we're here talking about uh, Midnight Traveler, and you can find out more about the film. There's a number of locations. The uh, best place to go to find out more about the film is midnighttraveler.oscilloscope.net, and you can find out m- about uh, the film. You can find out where it's screening. It's opening here at the New Art Theater in Los Angeles on October 4th. I don't know if there's anyone in town for a Q&A for that. Uh, is anyone going to be 
Fantastic. So there'll be a Q&A, I assume, right around the 7.30, 7 o'clock. There'll be a Q&A on the 7.30 show on October 4th, October 5th, and October 6th. Fantastic. So all weekend. The 5.30 show on the 6th. Yeah. And the 5.30. Oh, so on Friday and Saturday, it's